This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. And welcome to another episode of, of season two, episode one of season two of Messi and Co. podcast presented by Five Reason Sports. I'm Ashley. I'm joined by the wonderful Gian. Uh, I hope everyone has had a really awesome holiday and I know it's about to be the new year. Everyone got to be with friends, family, watch sports, watch whatever, just enjoying the time. I know we are maybe we we're starting a little later in the month than we wanted to, but we are here. We are back. You will be getting episodes every single week starting now. Uh, and I'm super excited before we even dive in season two. Are we ready for it, GM? Yep. We are excited. Excited. Um, this so, like the se- the season hasn't even started. There's already a lot of talk about a lot of things going on with Inter Miami, a lot of Inter Miami news, schedules, players, rumors, a uh, bunch of fun stuff to keep us uh, talking for <laughs> quite some time. Um, so we're excited to bring a bunch of uh, new episodes as we get ready for the 2024 season. And I think that uh, couldn't be happier to get back to talking about the sport we love and engaging with uh, those of you that uh, tune in to our podcast and, and tune into our YouTube videos. So we're just excited to get all this rolling again. We missed it. It's been so, uh, some time. So we're just excited to get back into it. Yeah, totally. I literally, me and Gian were talking last night. We were we were so excited. We couldn't <laughs> wait to do this. Um, so, you know, with that being said, there is definitely things already to talk about before. I mean, you know, we've we've made some big decisions in yeah. the last couple of weeks. And uh, to start off with them, well, we have a new number nine. We have a new center forward from Uruguay. Luis Suarez, who has an incredibly decorated career, who's just was playing in Gremio last season, um, but still seems to have a lot of gas left in the tank to get some more goals. And it's reuniting Messi and some of those amazing Barcelona teams of the past to see what they can do again. And so to start off with just your initial thoughts, uh, your new sworn enemy, <laughs> as he, <laughs> with the relation to someone you know very, very well as he's played against your club Ecuador, your country Ecuador, and now took the number nine from Campana, but we still think there's it's going to be fine. But uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, it's interesting because you're talking about kind of like the history that I, I have with Luis Suarez um, as someone that's had to face him in, as far as the countries and in Conmebol and, and World Cup eliminations. And he was always he's always been a tough opponent. But it, now to have him on on my team again because I am a big Barca fan, uh, to have him in Barca now to have him here in Inter Miami is just something really I think really great and exciting to see. Just because I've been following his career for a long time, again from the uh, international uh, football to to Barca to now, um, 
And I think it's great for the club. You bring in a world-class player, a, a player that has a ton of experience, and that's something that we've kind of talked about our team, Inter-Miami, where we've brought in players that have experience, and it's been a great mix, I think, between experienced players and young players, and these young players learning from some of the best players in the world. You know, we talked about our, our, our young midfielders like Remaski learning from players like Busquets and Messi. Now we've got our young player in, in Campana that's going to be also learning from uh, Luis Suarez. So I guess there's a few different topics that we can talk about here in relation to Luis Suarez. So I think probably one of the ones that is top of mind for a lot of fans is what's going to happen with Leo Campana, right? He was the guy that seemed to be in favor after, you know, I, I guess the second half of the season, he was the one that was getting more playing time. He was the one that was scoring goals, some magnificent goals. He's the guy that got a new contract and that seemed to be the future of Inter Miami. He seemed to have the trust moving forward from the coaching staff and from management so now you bring in this this new player uh, on the team, Luis Suarez, who is an amazing player, a goal scorer, did amazing in Gremio. He takes literally takes the number nine from uh, Campana. So you know what's going to happen with that? I think that I, I personally am not too worried about Leo Campana losing his position or losing a, a ton of playing time. I think that. Taking into consideration that Luis Suarez is a little higher up in age, he's got some health concerns as far as his knees. Those are things that he's talked about a lot in Gremio, saying that you know he's had to take some uh, shots for his knees. He's had difficulty sometimes waking up, even getting on the field, but yet he's performed at an excellent level. I think that taking that into consideration, you're going to have a lot of shared playing time between Luis Suarez and Leo Campana. There'll be games where Suarez starts. There'll be games where Campana starts. There'll be games where Suarez comes out maybe around the 75th minute and Campana finishes the game for him. So I think that's all really going to depend on what games are, what tournaments there are, how much playing time, the schedules, how many how many games are within a short period of time. So I'm pretty sure we'll get a lot of Campana and a lot of Luis Suarez minutes. I don't know if we'll get them together. That's something that's yet to be seen. Uh, we saw that last season. We didn't have a lot of two forward uh, schemes or, or or formations, but uh, I definitely do think that we'll we'll see them. Uh, we'll see a lot of both of them. Um, and then just I think one more thing about Luis Suarez. How is he going to perform in MLS? Is he going to be able to, to to play? Is he going to do well? Is he going to score? I mean, he just came from playing in Gremio, one of the top teams in Brazil, one of the top leagues in South America. He had played 33 matches. I believe he started for all of them, if I'm not mistaken, um, or close to all of them. He scored 17 goals, had 11 assists. That means, man, he did amazing in Brazil. Amazing. There is no shot that he's not going to come here and not do amazing as well. I mean, Ashley and well, I were talking. He's teammates back. Yeah, of course. No, of course. And, and you and me were talking about it. I mean, we saw some of the goals he was scoring. They were effortless. They were like world-class, amazing goals. You look yeah. at times like he was practicing. So if he comes yeah. to MLS, man, I think I think we can expect more of the same. Um, and 
and now we see him with even better players, I think, than in Brazil with, with Messi and Busquets and Alba, people that he was used to getting assisted by all the time in Barca. This yeah. is going to be a party of goals when he come, as soon as he gets here. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I, I definitely I agree with a lot of what you said. I think um, what probably was the plan last season was for Joseph Martinez to be a really big mentor for uh, Campana. And I don't think it ended up working out that way. And that's not really that much of a knock on Joseph Martinez. I think they just maybe expected a little bit more out of him than he really had left in the tank. Um, and I know I think he's signing for he's signing for a South, a South American team, I believe, very soon, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, good for him. But so, so what I imagine is part of the plan is uh, – because we have so many games, we have so many tournaments, we have so much happening over the year. It is not realistic that every player is going to be playing every single minute. And so I think, you know, Campana, how old is he? Like 23, maybe? Campa- yeah, there? I think he's 23. So, you know, uh, he if he could do one more year and you have Luis Suarez and Messi as your mentors for a full season and you learn how to be ruthless in that final third – um, I think it could only help you, you know, there's still, I still, he's so young. He is, he is talented. And I think, you know, give, give yourself at least one more year, even if you're not the star player yet, give yourself the year to learn from these, these attacking players and hone in on your craft because Luis Suarez is one of the best examples of a striker of the last 15 years. Like you, people can yeah. say what they want as consistent as the day is long the high q the high iq of you know one of the best a champion a winner and that's what you need to learn and so i think it's really really valuable for him um to be able to take that and then you know yeah there are people who are saying oh his his knees are out he's old da, 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 da. it's not worth the money it's not worth doing it um i disagree if, look if if his knee gives out and he gets hurt then yeah, then it was a bad decision. And, you know, we all, those are risks you take sometimes. But I think for football heritage and for Inter Miami, the club and what it's trying to grow and to be, the fact that you're giving all of these players the chance to recreate this that Barca team and to bring the sport to America. At, like the amount of money they're going to generate for the for U.S. soccer and people watching and loving U.S. soccer is so val. It's like it's like val. It's priceless. It really is. It's going to bring so many more fans, so much interest, so much gauging, so much lots of great stuff. And so, for Inter Miami fans who are who have felt maybe a little slighted when it comes to the, the ticket prices and just the overall experience sometimes with the front office, I'll tell you this much. Moves like this is what's keeping people happy because you're you're trying you're clearly trying to put out a product that is worth it for everyone watching. And is it a long term? Is this your is this your team for the next ten years? No, but shoot, if it's your team for the next two, then it's going to be a hell of a two years. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's crazy because some people actually look down or or they they complain about oh Messi's bringing all his friends in. Oh, you know, I mean that's part of why he came was the influence right. that he has to bring in world-class players and teach that, young players and teach young players. And I mean, 
if Messi wasn't here, let's be serious. Do you think Suarez would be here? Would you think Alba would be here? Busquets would be here? No, that was part of the reason why he was brought in as well, was the influence that he has where there are players that are willing to take less money to be here on his team. And that's yeah. why we're going to have, I think, one of the best teams in MLS history this coming season because of those sorts of things. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're excited. I'm excited to see what Suarez does. I hope he stays healthy because not only is he going to score a lot of goals, I think he's going to teach a lot because he has, you know, Messi teaches in a different way. Busquets, Alba, they all teach in different ways. Luis Suarez is emotional. He's passionate. He he is pure instinct in front of the goal. He's ruthless. And that's what you need your attacking young players to learn. Yeah. And so – I'm excited, but so you, just like you had said, uh, this is perfect for us to move gears. Uh, getting excited for this season and this team. So before the season, though, is the preseason, and we had learned over the last few weeks that Inter Miami is doing quite an involved preseason tour, and I'm going to just read it really quickly. So starting January 19th, they're going to be in El Salvador. For a for a friendly, I mean these are all friendly, so it's El Salvador, and then January 29th and February 1st they're flying all, so they're flying from here to El Salvador, then they're flying all the way to Saudi Arabia, where I for all intents and purposes will probably be the last match ever between Messi and Ronaldo, um, which I think is kind of great and poetic, and I mean obviously. I don't think the Saudi league from a, you know, <laughs> I, we don't have to get political. I mean, I don't think it's great. You know, the, the concept of it, I don't think it's amazing, but I think what is cool is that two of the best to ever do it are ending on their own terms in their own places, you know, reinventing the sport in their own way. And I'm I definitely think looking actually, forward to that. Definitely. And so I think that's going to be a really wonderful game and a really wonderful moment. Um, but then after that, they're traveling to Asia Three days later, they're playing in Hong Kong, and then they're playing in Tokyo. Uh, and then they're back here for their final preseason game against uh, Messi's boyhood club, Newell. So a lot of uh, – I'll start. There's a lot of mixed feelings about this. Uh, some of it completely justified. Some of it maybe a little bit of a stretch. What is justified is that it is ridiculous – to try and put that meant those many miles on these players before they start what is going to be an incredibly grueling season. They could have they should have organized it in a far better way. They should have been able to space it out more or they should have made a choice of either Asia or Saudi Arabia or um Latin America. Like you you could do one of them. You really shouldn't do all three. <laughs> shouldn't go to all three places. Uh However, like I said, I think the the fact that we're getting that final match between Messi and Ronaldo and the amount of money both clubs are probably getting for it is 100% worth it because the footballing world deserves to see them play one last time knowing it's their final time and knowing, you know, it's it's the, their goodbye to each other and the beginning of their goodbye to the game. Um so I think it's actually really great and it's going to generate a lot of money. And what we've said multiple times and what is so important to remember is that these big players and what everything that's happening now, the money grabs, this, that, and the other, Messi is going to be playing for us max three years if we're really lucky. 
they need to make as much money as they can so that they can invest it in the club. And what like LA Galaxy, LA Galaxy and MLS had was able to make 10 more years worth of growth and infrastructure and signing and growing the league because of David Beckham and then uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He was, they were only there for very short amounts of time, but the amount that they got that, that the league and the team and the supporters and the infrastructure of the club benefited from it is why this league is becoming better and better every year and why we have our own team now because the league kept growing and we had the opportunity to get it. And so people need to realize that like these preseason tours and things like that, that seem silly or this, that, and it's all necessary for the amount of money that they're playing these players and the amount that they're, you know, going to play for media rights and this, that, and the other, they have to. And so I think it's great. I wish they weren't, like I said, my, my gripe is I think it's a little, I think it's a little too much. I think it's like one city too greedy. It's like one extra trip too greedy where we really don't need to do both Asia and um, Saudi Arabia, but we'll see how it plans out. What are your thoughts? So I can understand some of the pushback from the fans, definitely, because from a health perspective, after seeing what happened this season with all the injuries that we had, obviously adding that amount of games for preseason, adding that amount of mileage and travel, uh, it definitely does take a toll on players. So I can understand the grievances from the fans. But I think that the, the fans also only focus on that and they maybe don't understand the reasoning behind it, which you touched on. And I think it just comes with the territory, really, with what Inter Miami is trying to do. Inter Miami is bringing in world-class players. They're trying to become a world, a global brand. And part of becoming a global brand is bringing global awareness to your team. And that's what they want to do. And And that's what big clubs do, right? Like that's that's a really great point. I mean, Messi They're not the first. Barcelona, Premier League, every Premier League top six club is in in a was in a Asia, Australia, hundred percent America during the summer. Yeah, every single year. It's what you have to do when you're trying to become that type of team and that type of brand. So they have to do it. They have, they to, have, do it, 100%. They have to do it. They have to do it. And to your point, they're not the first team to do it. Like they're so, probably the first MLS team to do it, though, and that's yeah. what makes people uncomfortable. But yeah. this is what this is what they're trying to do to make yeah. this league yes. explore. You have to exactly, and and you have to re- also remember, beside the sport, this is also a business, and it needs to be treated as a business. So commercially, this is what they want to do. They want to get the team known around the world. They want to sell jerseys. They want to. They're going to get, as you said. So TV rights, commercials, all of this is just part of the overarching investment. Because think about this. These are owners that are investing millions and millions of dollars to bring in these players. They need to also recoup that. The stadium. Their investment. Yeah, correct. And then to be able to reinvest into the team. They're not just going to be just losing money. So I, that that we need to understand that. Another thing I, I well, another thing is. Okay, as far as injuries and, you know, overworking players, overplaying them, look, they're going to manage this responsibly, I believe. They're not going to give everybody 90 minutes. There are probably even going to be games 
where Messi might play 30 minutes, might not. Right. And I'll, I'll say this, I might not even play. Because, look, Barca, Barcelona, literally, I think it was last week or this week, December 21st, they played against Club America, right? They, they, they came here to the U.S. They played against Club America from Mexico. They played with the B team. And I'm not talking about the substitutes on the bench. I'm literally talking about the B team. The ones you didn't even know existed. They played with them, and I think maybe like Yamal played and um, and Joao played, like two two players from the first team. The big teams do this. I I, I can't say for certain if Messi is going to play every game or, or I, I, he'll probably play, but the minutes are going to be staggered. Is the point? They're, yeah. This is why they're building. This is why you see all of these rumors about different players, which you're going to touch on soon, is because they're going to especially with the schedule and all that and with this preseason they're going to fluctuate these these um lineups different players are going to get certain minutes so i would say from that point of view like don't worry that much in that sense because i believe that they'll manage this strategically and making sure that they're keeping the players health top of mind knowing that you've got a season that is going to be incredibly jam-packed full of full of games yeah Hundred percent. I and like I said, you know, I think that the game against Ronaldo is going to be awesome. Everyone's going to really be happy. It's happening. It's great for the sport. Um, and in Asia, they're important. Like the the you know the Asian markets bring a lot of money to soccer, and yeah. every team, every big club in the world does it. They go on these tours during the summer. We're just thinking of it differently because we're in a different schedule than them, but they do it too. It's part of what you have to do to invest in your yeah, team and, and to grow your brand. And part of, uh, yeah, and, and doing, having a global brand, and it's incredible. I wanted to share this. I just came from Ecuador. And look, the impact that Inter Miami is having on a global scale is incredible because you see fans from different socioeconomic backgrounds from all levels sharing, the having a, a jersey. I went to, to Ecuador and I would, you know, be in the mall and maybe in, in in locations that were more affluent, right? Where, yeah, people have the money for to to do that. But I was also in the neighborhoods where there isn't a lot of money, and there's and I'm and there's people selling things on the street and you know trying to make ends meet. And those kids even had Inter Miami jerseys. It was incredible to see, yeah. like, just how much of an impact messy and has had on inter miami and the awareness that that's brought in you know that's that's what they plan on continuing doing with these types of tours 100 percent. this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 100%. Um, all right, cool. So bringing it all back together uh, to what we talked about at the start of the show, which was Luis Suarez. Uh, we're, we're starting to hear rumblings, especially with the January transfer window, which is in the other, basically in Europe and in Latin America, um, who are Inter Miami going to be getting and who are they, who's coming and who's going with Inter Miami? Um, 
to reinforce this team a little bit because like we keep saying, and we're probably going to be a broken record about it all season. There are so many games. There's so many games. There's so many tournaments. There's a lot to do. And I mean, I have to imagine that the goal for this Inter Miami team with the amount of investment they've put into it and understanding that it's finite. I mean, I'm probably a treble is what they, I mean, you know, they're, they're going for every trophy. Like it's going for league trophy. It's going for, Every cup trophies, whatever it is, they they want to win. They need to win. So that's um, so they need to have a deep squad where they can be able to maybe rest players or more importantly, just be strategic with who's playing and who's starting. Being able to do multiple different formations, maybe sometimes being able to play two strikers at top, like you know when a Messi can't play, being able to figure things out. And so um, so a couple names that have obviously we already know about Suarez. But a couple names of players who uh, Inter Miami want or that Messi wants, if we're being honest, uh, would be two to start, which is Marcos Rojo and Kristen Medina, both who play for Boca Juniors, both who are Argentinian. Uh, Rojo is obviously a defender, center back, a position that we could certainly use some more bolstering in. Um, even though I had to die on my sword for Kamal Miller last season. (laughs) (laughs) Um, who, 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 who I think did a good job, honestly. Uh, and then Christian Medina, who is uh, a midfield player. And yeah, both parts of the, the pitch that we certainly need some help in. So what are your initial thoughts about the two Argent- uh, Argentines? Yeah, so I think that the main focus for Inter Miami, at, at least for me, is, and well, I'm pretty sure we probably agree, is the 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 defense. The defense was a big issue for us. Mm-hmm. Last last season, especially the center back positions, yeah. um, trying to figure out what we're going to do there. You know, we have Kamal Miller, we have Aviles. Aviles seems to be probably the guy that's going to be the starter. The guy in question seems to probably be Kamal Miller. Um, and then you get a name like Rojo, who's played for big teams in Europe, like as, uh, Man as United. Said, yes, Man United, and now he's playing in a one of the biggest teams in history for South America, which is Boca Juniors. Um, so I think that having a player like that is man. If you can have Rojo in as your center back, I think you're set. Like, and also really quick, just as a reminder, Aviles did do right back a couple times during the season. I mean, it's obviously not his main position, but he did a pretty good job, and he's good at moving forward. So I, if they, I could see a world where you see all three of them play. I can see a back four of Kamal Miller of Aviles at the right of Rojo and of um, Jordi Alba. I mean, obviously we're very far away from beginning to start yeah. about thinking about well, those lineups, but I can see it happening because Aviles had to do right back a few times and he did well. I think, I mean, if you're going to bring that up, I, you know, we could have Rojo in the center back position, maybe along Kamal Miller, but because I've, I've, I mean, before he came over, when he played in Racing, he played, he does very well with the ball on his feet. Yeah. He does very well pushing the ball up. Like I could even see him and man, I don't want to jump the gun here. We'll talk about Gregory, but if Gregory isn't here, number six, put, yeah, to play along next to Busquets, I could see, I would love to see Aviles play next to Busquets in the totally. midfield. Like that would totally. be, that would He's be great amazing. on the ball. He's great yeah. on the ball. He's had yeah. some great attacking runs throughout the, 
season, but so. Yeah. yeah, to your point, I mean, yeah, Kamal Miller could possibly still see stay at center back. Rojo could come in, and then you can mess around with Aviles because, again, he's played that right back. As you said, he can possibly play in the midfield along uh, Busquets. And then talking about, um, who else did we say? From, Christian uh, Medina. Yeah, and then Christian Medina. Christian Medina, he is apparently being sought after not only by Inter Miami, but also by Botafogo. Um, it's looking like it's going to be around $7 million, That's or $7.5 million what it would take to bring him in. So it's quite a hefty amount of money, but he's a really good player. Really uh, good. They reinforce the midfield. And to what you had said earlier, and we had, what we had been discussing, is that it, it almost seems like you're bringing in a lot of players or or – or have interest in players that are could be starters. Yeah. So that brings it back to Inter Miami probably wants to have a deep enough team where they can field two competitive lineups or a mix yeah. of two competitive lineups. Or at you, least where you have maybe like you have a you have your your eight A team and then you have four, let's say four or five that stay. And then exactly. the other six that can be switched. Yeah, and you don't kind of lose too much competitively. So I think yeah. that, that when they're looking at these players, again, you might be looking at some of these and saying, dang, if he's coming in, he's a starter on his team, or he can be a starter here who's leaving. You know, it, it again, it might not be that they're going to get switched out. It just might be a really good reinforcement, again, just to feel two very competitive teams. But, yeah, Cristian Medina would be really good. Um, we're waiting to see what happens with Boca and if they decide to, uh, you know, uh, agree to that. And I think and Rojo seems like a pretty strong possibility, which would make me very happy. Oh, again, to me, number one right now is a center back position. If, yeah, if we can reinforce that center back position, you get Rojo. To me, you are set in in, in basically set in that defense. Yep. And so, okay, so those are the first two, and then uh, before I do the next two. Two that we think may end up leaving. Um, Gregory, like we said before, has had talks with Betafo, um, and they they have a lot of interest in him. And you know, we love Gregory, and he's done such a fantastic job at this club. It was a very unfortunate injury that happened to him last season. That was um, a bad tackle, and I think he would have helped make a huge difference with this team. But you know, with He's a he's a DP. He's a designated player. He takes a lot of money and allocation and a DP spot. And you know, with with how we have Busquets now, you 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 know, Arroyo has done a very good job of being Busquets backup for all intents and purposes, and doing like not backup as in doesn't start, but like backing him up on the pitch, being able to because Busquets doesn't maybe have the legs in him anymore that he once has. Yeah. Arroyo has done a very good job of picking up those defensive spots when needed. And, you know, the price difference and the value difference between Arroyo and Gregory is huge for our roster implications and for our DP implications. And so. And Arroyo is not, is, is out. So we have to actually find a replacement for Arroyo, which in that case could be to what we had said earlier, moving up a guy like Aviles and 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 plugging in a center back there. Or so, Nicolas Lero. Yeah, yeah. Also, same, same there. And then Who's, with Gregory, Seattle, point, yeah. Wait, I forgot. I like, forgot Arroyo was leaving. Never mind. I said yeah. whole thing about Arroyo. I forgot about. No, that. I mean it was it was true. I, 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 your point is still valid though. Is right. Is that, that it was that able was, to find a, a cheaper it, replacement exactly. that does the job that can do a much more because yeah. Gregory had to do had to do both things. He had to be yeah. you know 
both sides of the coin. And obviously Busquets can be that side of the coin now where we really just need that defensive enforcer. That's a lot more of an easier, less costly position. Yeah. And apparently Inter Miami is asking for about $4 million to let Gregory go. So, I mean, it's kind of a win-win. You get $4 million for Gregory, which is really good value. You free up a DP spot. You can, you have Busquets, you can, to what we said a second ago, you can plug a, a cheaper option there. And then you have a whole DP spot to mess around with, which so I I think that um, we might see that happen. And then uh, LGP, Leandro Gonzalez Perez, who uh, has been back and forth between MLS and South America. Um, I think it's going to be very dependent on how much defensive reinforcements we get. Yeah. Uh, Because he was with, uh, he was with, uh, Tata Martino in Atlanta when they won the MLS uh, championship, and he is a good defender. I think he's a little, a little bit of that uh, Argentine spirit, we can say, where maybe sometimes yeah. on the pitch a little bit could be a little bit tough. But um, he's not a bad option by any means. But I'm sure there's a lot of South American clubs that would also be interested in him. And so it's the same situation. I think if you can get enough value for it, then you do it. Um, yeah, we got to see if River Plate allows him to leave to go because he's he's done very well. So River, mm-hmm. it seems like River wants to keep him. So we still got to watch for that. Um, if they don't purchase or, or buy his his rights or, or purchase his contract, then then he could probably come make a comeback to Inter Miami, and it would be great because again, that center back position needs a lot of help. Yeah, exactly. And then last but not least, um, the player I want to talk about just today to, to finish off, who's really interesting is Julian Gressel. Uh, not, it's not Argentinian and not Uruguayan. <laughs> He's from Germany. Um, but he plays for the Columbus crew who just won the MLS cup. As we know, the MLS championship, he has been a very good player for many, for a couple different teams in MLS, a seasoned MLS back who has like, like I said, he has been a player that, has done really well, has won multiple trophies, and is very consistent, and he's 30. So what he can bring is he can bring experience of the MLS, which is different league than all other leagues. Like, it's important to have those elders, not elder, but those statesmen in your in your squad who know the league and know how you have to sometimes win those games. Um, not every, you know, not every pitch is the same. And so... I believe he's a fullback in terms of what his position is, uh, but he was a midfielder mainly. Like yeah. he's like a midfield two fullback kind of goes back and forth. Um, what he and what he could really do, he plays for the U.S. soccer team. He has dual citizenship, so he's uh, he's played for his country. He's gotten a few caps. Um, yeah, I think I think to tell you the truth, especially if we get rid of Gregory, I think getting Julian Gressel would be a huge 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 positive move to make. yeah I, I think he did very obviously very good uh for columbus crew he started um out of the 18 games that he played he started 16 he's pretty durable um he had three goals five assists in those 18 games so you're talking about out of 18 games he took part in eight goals whether scoring or assisting so not only is he good i think defensively but he's also very yep. good in in making sure that he it gets other players in transition yeah that, you know with the Kramaski and with uh with Ruiz where we've been yeah. what they're still learning as young exactly. players is that transition that going from 
the bat from the that that middle third, right? That middle third yeah. being able to control the ball and getting it into the right attacking lanes, making the right passing decisions, making the right holding decisions when you're running back and forth and you're on breaks is so valuable. And that's something that, you know, Busquets can't do it every single play for every side of the pitch. You need other players to be able to do it there too. And he's one who 100% can and can definitely offer us to be able to take, which I imagine will stick to be a 4-3-3, to be able to play around with those those three midfielders um, to give people a chance to, like I said, some rest, some start. He can play fullback if needed. He can play that six if needed. He can play the eight. He's really, really versatile. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that those are the areas where um, I, I think that we need to reinforce our uh, the defense, but also the the midfielders and having players because we've got uh, offensively we're set. We've got Messi, you've um, got Robert Taylor, you've got Suarez, you've got um, I just had a Farias. Yeah, Farias up front to have players that can stand their ground in the midfield make sure they play good defense but get those balls quick over to the forwards man because that I mean, we've That's got right. guys, we've got guys that can play make but man when you get those guys in stride and put play, those guys are lethal up front so when you can have players like that and julian gresso is a player like that i think it just adds it just makes the team way too dynamic and, and it's a it's a nightmare for defenders because they don't they don't know what the heck to do because the ball comes out so quick we see those passes from busquets, busquets recovers and bam, doesn't even give the defense a, a, a time to set up. They just right away put the ball, uh, play the ball up front. And, and yeah, Julian Gressel would be great doing that. So that's exciting that to, to I have can that see, possibility. I can see, you know, for game one of the regular season, your front six is Messi, Suarez, Farias, Busquets, Gressel, um, and either Kramashki or Mota. Like, I could see that. 100% being those yeah. front six. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think that would be definitely a front a good front six and then obviously you've got um you've got Robert Taylor or I don't know if uh, Robbie Robinson that can come in as substitutes yeah. and you don't really lose that much because they're very they're very good players. So yeah, I, I It'll think be that, exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. We obviously we have a lot more we're going to learn over these next couple of weeks about who's staying, who's leaving. Um, who of those new players are we actually going to get? Who on our team are we maybe going to be saying goodbye to in order to make that room and give us a deep squad that has some flexibility, um, whether it's through allocation money, DP slots, whatever the case may be. But look, we're back. Messi and Co. Season (laughs) 2. We couldn't be more excited. I'm excited to be talking about soccer again at this level. Uh, We're going to have an awesome season. We're going to be doing a lot of both on and off the field. We're going to have a really great season. Um, I think in the new year, we're also going to hopefully do some more in-person live things, whether it's at um, some of our partners locations or if it's even going to be at the stadium, you know, so just keep listening. Like I said, at least an episode a week starting now. Um, We're really happy to be back and, and I'm ready for season two. You ready? Yep, I am ready, excited, and uh, I just can't wait for the season to start. There's so much stuff going on. I'm sure that you guys will tune in. Again, like Ash said, a ton of episodes, at least one a week promised. But if we promise. uh, promise at least one a week, but uh, I'm sure with all this news that's going to be starting to come out, probably maybe more than one a week. So, uh, But yeah. we're just excited to be back on it. Super happy. And lastly, uh, we're – 
follow us on social media. Instagram and Twitter, Messi and Co. Uh, you can you, we post a lot of really cool stuff. We do some clips from our episodes. We ask questions. We say who who do you want to keep? Who do you want to sell? Who's in your dream lineup? A lot of fun interactive. When there's new Inter Miami news breaking, you can get it on our Twitter. Uh, yeah, follow us and stay in touch. And uh, I'm excited. All right, vamos. We're done. Let's go. See Let's you guys on the next one. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.